0: New Grove. New Grove. New Grove. Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where Grove. one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. In August of 1980, the song, I'm Coming Out, sung by Diane Ross, became a bestseller. It was written by an individual named Niles Rogers. Rogers was a unique individual. He wrote for people like Sister Sledge and We Are Family Quite a few other records that some of you older folks may know. But this particular song, I'm Coming Out, was a song of liberation. But the title of the song became so popular, it was later used in a celebration of a social gathering with music and dancing and refreshment among the elite, among the aristocrats. When a young person reached the age of maturity, now I want you to focus on this word, they were making their debut as an adult and was formally introduced into society. Debut. The young girls were called debutantes and the young men are called botillions. Both coming from the word debut. So a coming out party was a celebration of young people who were coming to age. It was known as a rite of passage for young men and young women when they move from one state in their lives to another. But Rogers wrote this song, I'm coming out, to combat the oppression of musicians and the industry against African American artists. Every song he wrote has a kleptic meaning behind it. But the title again became so popular that it became a song that was a platform for celebration of those who were gay coming out of the closet. It's even used today for that purpose. But my message today is not talking about celebrating a young person transition from infancy to adolescence. Nor is this message about someone who may be confused about their sexuality or gender. The message this morning is about a young Christian who has the courage to live a life that celebrates who they are in Christ Jesus. And this thought may be have been at the mind of the Apostle Paul when he wrote to the readers in our text. Second Corinthians is a letter that Paul writes to the church at Corinth in defense of his ministry. Paul was motivated to write a letter because of the coming in. Coming in the church were false teachers promoting their own ideas while at the same time trying to tear Paul down. They wanted to discredit Paul's person as well as his teaching. And these false teachers accused Paul of these things. Number one, Paul preached for money. He was preaching for profit. Paul would come back and say, I work with my own hands. They also claimed that Paul was preaching for fame. But Paul reminded him that he had been in prison and been beaten. They also said Paul was preaching false doctrine. And that his false doctrine was a cryptic message. And Paul said that if my message is hid, it's hid from those who are lost. However, some of the saints of the Corinthian church had begun to listen with opening ears to Paul. So the age apostle, like this age pastor, sit down and he penned this letter as a father, or in my case, as a grandfather, writing to his children or grandchildren. Many scholars say that Second Corinthians is the most personal and intimate letter, at least among them, that Paul wrote. In this letter, Paul bears out his soul And professes his love for the Corinthians despite their apparent wavering of faith and support for him. It's important we understand that before we get to chapter 6. Something that Paul said that was noteworthy in chapter 5. Now I mentioned Dr. X this morning you were hidden on it. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is what Paul wrote to him. Therefore. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Why did Paul have to write that? Because some things were reverting back and some things hadn't changed. You see, salvation in Christ not only brings something new. Salvation in Christ also takes away something old. Do, 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 do I need to say that again? But even if I don't need to, I am. <laughs> Salvation Christ not only brings something new, but it also takes away something old. Our own set of values and our old way of thinking should disappear. This new outlook also dictates a new lifestyle. The old lifestyle becomes, as we talked this morning about, the progression of sanctification, this old lifestyle eventually become worthless to us. Paul wanted his readers to understand that being a Christian meant being different from those who are not Christians. But apparently, Paul, the aged apostle, the father, says that his children were in danger of wavering in faith Some was about to compromise their integrity. So in chapter 6, he pleads with them. Look with me now as we go to verse 11 in chapter 6. The New Living Translation penned it this way. Oh, dear Corinthian friends, we have spoken honest with you. See, the creeper's trying to tell him he's lying to you. He said, I speak honest with you, and our hearts are open to you. I'm not preaching for fame. Verse 12 said, there is no lack of love on my part, but you have withheld your love from us. And I'm asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your heart to us. And my purpose today is I want to speak to the young people as if they're my own children. And if you're under 60, you young to me. Paul begged his readers to open his, their hearts to him. Listen to what I say Paul is saying. He was encouraging them to trust him as a loving father. Paul knew what was best for them and he felt like I do that he was responsible for their Christian growth. So he gives them some commandments. The first one is in verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. This, This may seem hard, But, but let me, let me kind of break it down. Paul's desire was not to them, for for them not to be fooled by lies and deception. He suggested that the best way to do this is, is, is to don't get hooked up with false teaching and not only false teaching, but all who believe their lies and all who associated with them. Paul commanded his readers, his children, not to be yoked up with those who did not believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He uses two animals to bring out his point. You see, an ox or oxen were considered clean animals. Donkey was considered unclean animals both the ox and the donkey is considered, considered beasts of burdens. They carried load. And they were used to do that. There's nothing wrong with using them as long as you use them individually. But they were different. The ox and the donkey didn't look the same, but plus they didn't walk the same. Now, I'm going to ask y'all to kind of read between some lines here. Again, I want you to imagine an ox in your mind and a donkey. A yoke was a wooden platform that clapped around their neck, clapped them one to the other. So if they didn't look the same and didn't walk the same, you got problems. That's the reason, Ron, you can't Plow the field of evangelism. Because just maybe you got some unequal ox and some yokes yoked up together. I'll leave that alone. Another thing about an ox is it's taller than a donkey. So their steps are unequal. Read between the lines. An ox, which is a clean animal, stands taller than the donkey, which is an unclean animal. So their steps are unequal. This makes the way that they pull a load unbalanced. In addition to the unequal unbalanced, the donkey sometimes will quit on you. A donkey sometimes will lay down on you, and if you yoked up with him, it's going to cause you to fall. Paul gave them some spiritual guidance by using an example of things which are incompatible. See, unequal results in incompatibility. To make his point Paul acts Paul five questions and now if you ever read when it's a rhetorical question it, it, it means that you sup- supposed to know the answer but I don't think as a lot of scholars say I don't think these are rhetorical questions I think they're direct questions and you answer it and here's what he says as he continues in verse 14 for what Partnership has righteousness with lawlessness. Or what fellowship has light with darkness. Where the core has Christ with Belial. Or what portion does believer share with unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idol? Five key words are in this passage. And I want to break them down and you answer the question of whether these things are comparable or not. First thing he said is partnership. That is participation in acts against the law. So he's saying, how can righteousness and lawlessness partner up together? Second word, fellowship, Live. In communion as one, how can light and darkness live together in one communion? I'm asking y'all. And number three, which we're going to come back to in a minute, accord. He says, "What accord has Christ held with Belial?" Now that word is is, is it means wicked and worthless. It's associated with Satan. Hold that thought. How can Christ and the devil be in agreement in perfect harmony? I'm asking a question. I hear some people got it. Then he used the word portion. That means on the same side, on the same team, fighting a common enemy. Or what portion does believers share with unbelievers? So if you're on the same side, the same team, let let me give you an example. I I know some of of y'all can relate to this. How many of y'all out there may be football fans? If you know anything about football in the South, you know that New Orleans and Atlanta don't like each other. Now I know D D has got on the Philadelphia jersey today, yet he lived in Georgia. (laughs) A lot of y'all Yankee fans, yet you live in Georgia. But ain't no way, if you ever went to a game, you know, Robert was up there one time when New Orleans was, was playing and I almost had to, run from a guy who got mad at me by saying something about the falcon you ain't going to see no red on the black side and then he uses the word agreement it has the thought of being united and sharing in ideals and belief in this case it's worship so what agreement does the temple of God have with idols Going back to this word of core, because I think it's the probably the most important one. What accord has Christ had would be lie. Jesus and Satan can never agree to agree. They can never be in perfect harmony. Here's why. Satan is the father of lies. Jesus is the author of truth. Satan is worthless. Jesus is worthy. Satan is a murderer. Jesus is a restorer of life. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus comes to save souls and give eternal life. They cannot mix. Since this is the biblical interpretation month, let me just give you some biblical interpretation about this. Righteousness and lawlessness represent moral opposites. You can't be a virgin and a whore at the same time. More opposite. Light and dark has to do with intelligent and ignorant. You, 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 you can't do Einstein uh, relativity and can't add two and two. It, it just can't happen. Christ and Belial have to do with the realm of authority. And you have to ask the question, whose authority are you under, Christ or Jesus? You can't be under both. Come on. Come on. Believers and non-believers has to do with identical faith. You can't say that I'm going to worship Jesus and at the same time worship the devil. It's impossible. Oh, and the temple of God applies to personal allegiance in faith. If I came up here with a cross upside down, painted black, and tell y'all to bow down to Lucifer, y'all should run me out of here. There's just certain things we don't do when we call ourselves Christian. And this being so, since these five things were incomparable, Paul gave his reason another commandment. In verse 17, Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourself from them, said the Lord. Do not or uh, don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. Paul calls the separation of the church between true Christians and those who believe those false teachers lies. See, one of the biggest lies that's being spread right now, and, and a lot of people are going for it, is there's more than one way to get to heaven. And people are thinking about that. Well, maybe there is. This is exactly what Paul is dressing. See, the unclean things, which King James translated, or filthy thing in, in the NLT, could refer to some physical sin like adultery or fornication. Or some fleshly desires or some evil thought of the soul. But it also could mean idols. And one of the, one of the, 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 the thought of his story was when they had to come in to the temple, they had to touch these idols. And, and, and Paul is saying, don't touch them. Main point here is to come out from among them and to stay out. And Paul, finally gives a reason for his commandment to come out. For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among you and walk among them. I will be thy God and they shall be my people. God is not going to come into in the midst of some mess. This passage in Second Corinthians, young folks, is one of the key passages on separation in the Bible. It is not isolation. It is sanctification. It is being set apart for spiritual service. And some of y'all need to grow up. It's time for y'all to grow up and take your place as adults in these church and stop making excuses because you are young and you do young things. It's time out for that. You know, I'm not just talking to those under 20 either. This verse should not be used to teach total separation from unbelievers. If that's the case, we couldn't save nobody. The Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And what this really means is that we live in a sinful world, but we don't have to be worldly. Some of us need to take inventory of some of the mess we watch on TV and some of the habits we don't got we got to do certain things that's worldly. And I do know, I was once young and I remember very distinctly when I got saved. At the age of 30, just turned 36. Coming back to Georgia as a changed man. Having my old friends, some who were real dear to me, still are, but they couldn't understand the new day. So I understand. How hard it is to cut ties to those that we built relationships with over the years in order to be obedient to this command and be separated. So how can you young believers then separate yourself? How can you have this coming out party? I got three things for you. Number one. Police your posse. Police your posse. Now in the military, when they said police the area, they meant clean up. Get rid of trash. So police your posse is the first way. The next thing is to frisk your friends. Now when you say stand up against the wall. See, 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 see if those friends got something on them that they shouldn't have. If you don't police your past and fish your friend, you might find that you have to unhitch your hookup. I know some of y'all say give me a hookup. Some of y'all need to give me an unhook. but I want to bring this to you because how I was raised y'all don't heard me sing the song God been good to me and I changed the words roaches and rats all in the house that I live that's the way I was raised so I got a master degree in roach and ratology And one thing I know, when you come into the kitchen late at night and you turn on the light, roaches and rats will run. You may have some friends who are like roaches and rats. Just turn on the light. I also found out some things about when we was in the Philippines about moths and flies. Unlike roaches and rats, moths and flies are drawn to the light. So turn on the light and the roaches and rat friends are going to run. But those moths and those flies, they're going to run to you. I noticed something the other day. I was out here cleaning fish that I caught. Flies are different. So you got to know your Flies. As I was cleaning this fish, I had filleted the good part and put it over there. Certain flies wouldn't mess with the good part. Certain flies just went for the guts. They went for the nasty part. You may have some friends of yours that just go for the nasty part. So turn on your light and keep it on. The song said, let your light shine. Remember I told you I got a master's degree in world 17 Fulton Street, which was next door to our house, and I think the one below that was, I can't remember, but there was a house in the back of 17 Fulton Street that was infested with roaches. I mean, it was totally infested. We sprayed black flag, we did everything we could, but we couldn't get rid of them roaches. I mean, so many you die, and they streamed up and next day it was. Then one day, that house caught on fire. And when the house caught on fire, them roaches just shoo, ran in the field. What am I telling you? If some of you young people would just catch on fire, you ain't got to worry about them rats and them roaches. If you just catch on fire. And Christian coming out party is best express here at New Piney Grove when we used to have what we call a promise of purity ceremony, we invested an awful lot in these young people. We spent, I know, 50 or $49 for rings to put on every young person' finger that desired to live for Christ. I see you smiling, Linda. That was their coming out party. But many failed to keep their promise. And Dick and Greer of the reason was because they failed to build on their relationship with Christ. But another reason was many really never had a relationship with Christ. So I'm going to end today with this. You can start right here and right now. Let me, let, let me, let me hold it. Hold, hold, hold. Okay, Holy Spirit, I hear you. God is issuing an invitation to some young people today to come out. I'm giving a coming out party. And I want to ask the question, is there anybody here today that wants to accept his invitation to come out? I don't know, we may have another purity party. But stand with me now. And if there's any young person That's here today. They're saying Lord I'm tired. I want to come out. But I need help. If the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart. I want you to make your way to the altar right now. Now I know shame and fear may grip you. But if there's anyone here any young person who's saying this old way just ain't cutting it. You're doing all you can but you're not happy in it. Come out. Come on out. And allow the Lord to start a new work in you. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.